properties of visible light, which is associated to the progression of consciousness, individualization, and spirituality. The snake's scales are iridescent like the peacock's feather or a prism which creates the seven rays of light. In alchemy, the peacock feathers are correlated to the magnum opus, the process of enlightenment or ascension. And magnum opus means the great work. So as we know from our scientific uh, understanding of evolution, we can look at the scales of of snakes and they've evolved into the feathers of birds well it's no coincidence that the iridescent scales have also um, added to the evolution of the iridescent feathers such as the feathers of uh, the peacock so in alchemy that iridescence represents that transmutation right so it represents taking um, uh, light and and shining it through a prism and creating the seven rays which is the seven uh, chakras of our of our body and our spirituality so there's a lot more to this but the peacock is very s symbolic and you'll often find it in many alchemical manuscripts so let's take a look at some examples of green language now we got all that stuff out of the way you know <laughs> i know that was all a mouthful but i hope that you guys um enjoyed that there's a lot of good information there and i'm sorry i had to rush through it but you know uh time is constrained for me um so let's take a look at some green language here um the word game <clears throat> uh, if we break it down it's g and then a m e and this is aim if you phonetically pronounce a m e it's aim okay so the aiming of the g <clears throat> so for the initiated anybody who knows uh, about the eight hermetic principles will understand that um, <clears throat> the G is related to the uh, the care principle because it has to do with generation. Okay, it has to do with care. It has to do with generation. So the way that we're going to be breaking down G in this, and you'll see this um, uh, motif throughout the next few slides, is we're going to associate G to care. It can also be associated to uh, God goodness, you know, um, you can associate it to many different things. And in the form G, there's a lot of different uh, symbolism and meaning you can pull out of it, such as the way that you make a G is a C and then a seven, right? So it's the C, the seven. Um, so if you pronounce, phonetically pronounce C, it's S-E-E -E, and then seven, right? So there's that uh, sacred number seven again. So, you know, game is aiming the care. What do we do when we play games? We aim our time and attention, our spiritual attention. You know, we're, we're directing that into something. Um, I'm not saying that's very productive, but that's <clears throat> what a game is, you know. Uh, we're directing our care into something for a specific outcome. So Facebook, right? Well, this one's really easy. Just exchange the C for a K and phonetically pronounce that. It's a fake book, obviously, and we all know that um facebook is fake fake uh, all together you know it's a propaganda machine and what does it do well we get memes right we get memes all over the place on facebook and if we break that down phonetically it's me me and what does it mean it means me 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 it's the satanic selfishness ideology 
that it's only me that matters under this idea that we're sharing all this great information but really it's not really about that it's just really about you know hedonism and personal pleasure and you know most of the memes that are shared are definitely 80 90 percent just hedonistic right um and i'm not saying there's something wrong with having some good humor you know but it's interesting that meme uh, can be broken down phonetically to me, me. <laughs> so me, 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 me. Now, I want to make it clear here that memes are not unilaterally a selfish thing. I'm specifically speaking about the meme culture where it is fueled by chronic hedonism rather than education. And like I said, it's fine to have, you know, pleasure and happiness in your life. Um, but we should use memes as a conveyor for uh, truths that are critically important. And we need to see more of that through the meme culture. And memes uh, come from the, um, uh, the researcher uh, Richard Dawkins, and it, or it originated in his book, The Selfish Gene. Uh, so if anybody's interested in mnemonic evolution, you may look into that because it's really profound when you get into it and the similarities of the gene meme uh, compared to the internet memes. Um, so we will get into some more complex ones as we go forward. Um, so believe, right? And I have an image on the right of a guy blindfolded to blindly believe, right? Let's break it down. A lot of people always outline or underlie the, uh, under put an underline uh, on lie, be lie, right? Well, I broke it down in a different way here. And that's there too, like to, you know, belief. It has the be lie in it, right? So you have to believe in the lie to be in belief. But this is a B L I Eve, okay? So B L, it's the bell, and we can also relate that back to, um, you know, uh, Baal, B-A-L-L, -L, but also L as in God. So B-L-I, Eve. The L, the I, and the Eve represents the aspects of our consciousness. The sacred masculine is L, which is electricity. The I is the middle, the ion, the third eye. And Eve is the sacred feminine aspect of our consciousness. So sometimes belief or to believe is a very, very good thing if it's harmonized and balanced together. So I thought I'd bring a positive connotation to that today. So <clears throat> culture, right? This word is really easy to break down. I'm sure a couple people have heard this before. It's your cult. So it's cult, U-R-E, your. So it's your cult. And that's what culture has become. It has become a cult right? So this is one that I found many, many years ago. Bliss, right? If we break this down, we phonetically pronounce B as in B-E and then less, okay? Exchange the I for the E. So um, vowels are exchangeable, okay? Just remember that, that vowels are always exchangeable. Um, they're, they are mutable. They're changeable with each other. So be less. So when you're in bliss, you are being less than what you are. So, you know, like the idea of ignorance is bliss. You're being less than what you actually should be. 
Uh, I'm not saying there isn't a positive connotation to bliss either. There can be. But this happens to be one of the phonetic green languages of this. And another one is BL Isis. Okay. And there you go. BL and Isis. That's the sacred feminine and sacred masculine. Uh, so that's the positive as well. Right. So to be with Isis and L, you know, to be in harmony with them. Another good one is Jesus. Uh, so G, you phonetically pronounce the J and the E. Um, is just D, and that represents care. And then is, right? So G is us. So, or G's us, as in G, uh, you know, G with the S is G's us, right? So G is us. So it is us, right? So Jesus is us. Jesus is within all of us. And you can also pronounce it yes us, which is yos, okay? So the J E S can become yes or yos. And um, yes, us, it means yes, us, this is us, you know, Jesus is within each and every one of us. Uh, another one is energy, right? And we phonetically pronounce this the same way, energy, right? Energy. So it's the energy, it's the inner care, it's the inner generative principle. Energy is the generator, right? So it generates out into the world. Um, it's what helps us to create things. And there's so many more you can break these down into. So these are just very simple examples. So atom, right, or atom, and, and atom is related to this atom, um, is at-ohm, okay? And we all know what the ohm is, right? So the ohm is a sacred frequency, right? So the ohm is really, really important. And we hear this in many mantras. So at om, you know, everybody can say it with me at om, you know, so the atom is at om. I thought that was pretty important to understand. And atom also relates to that as well. And there's many, many more that you can, that you can pull out of that. Uh, here's some interesting ones. Solution. Um, so this is salute. Okay. S-O-L-U-T. Okay, and just add the E there. A salute I on. Okay, so salute the I on, right? So you're saluting, and where do they salute? They salute over the I. Okay, and uh, we all know how we feel about order followers, but you know, I think that there's a symbolic, uh, uh, esoteric understanding of what a salute actually is, right? Because you're, it, it's an honorary expression to each other. And it's been obfuscated to be an honorary expression of obedience and uh, to authority, right? But really, you need to salute the one great spirit uh, or the truth, you know, the only true authority in the universe, the truth. That's it. Um, so there's some other ways you can break this down. You can break it down soul at ion. And this is also related to salutation as well, right? So you can you can add that in there. Um, uh, so soul at I on, right? So the soul is at I on. Soul is on. And ion, remember, ion is a charged particle. So not only is it the ion, but ion itself is a charged particle. Uh, this is another one I found uh, about cigarettes. This is Sonoma, right? So no ma. So no mother, the sacred feminine spirit. And ma comes from mother and ma'am. 
and uh like you know it comes from the egyptian deity ma'at m-a-a-t so ma'am m-a-a-m uh, you can reverse it it's always going to be ma'am but whenever you see m-a it's ma which is a reference to mother so no mother so no sacred feminine principle in the universe uh, so no true care no divine justice no um no truth you know uh gun this one i thought was kind of interesting g care you know u n uh so it's u n care u n the g right so it's the sacred uh aspect of self-defense when you're properly using uh without violating any individual's liberty the the um living in harmony with natural law you know so you have to have true care not only do you have to have care to be responsible with firearms but also you have to have true care to actually be able to use that firearm to protect yourself or to protect loved ones or protect others when it is necessary um, another one, which I'm sure a lot of us are familiar with, is money, right? So if we fanatically break these down, mon I, right? So mon means one and I. So um, you can also use different forms of of anything that I was breaking down earlier, right? So like mon is etymological, etymologically correct for one, okay? Um, so mon I, if you just pronounce the E-Y, it becomes I. It's the one I. And what do they put on all the greenbacks? It's the one I, obviously. So here's another cool one, Galaxy. Now this one's pretty advanced. Um, it's G all axi. Okay, the G is the sacred feminine care or the grand architect of the universe. The all represents all of us. And axi, the ax in the Egyptian mythology uh, is represented by the nature or the NTR, which also represents uh, the great architect of the universe. You'll hear me and Nathan and Douglas talk about the nature, and even Mark Passio talk about the nature. But you know, the axe is a powerful, powerful symbol. And if you're interested in more and understanding about the gavel and the origins of the gavel or the axe or millimeter from um, from uh you know thor or any of these symbols uh, i highly recommend checking out the podcast the cubby hole um the cubby hole podcast um so horizon i'm sure a lot of us understand this one uh, it's horus uh and i zone so hor i zone right so it's horus is zone it's the zone of horus but horus is represented by the all-seeing eye in in later egyptian mythology and um <clears throat> Well, correction, and in, in the entire history of Horus, he's represented by the eye, but uh, he he represents the the sun in this. So the sun, you know, uh, rises above the horizon and sets below the horizon. So it's the zone of Horus. Um, so there's no coincidence there that that is where that comes from. Uh, universe, it's the one verse. Uni means one, and in verse, it's the one song. You know, it's the one saying. It's the one um sentence right it's the one verse but you can also just phonetically pronounce it universe right so it's the universe you are the universe fractally and holographically we are all uh, part of the all you know so the universe is in the, the macrocosmic universe and as in the microcosmic universe okay so here's some other interesting ones um we got devil D means to remove, and then evil, 
right? So just phonetically pronounce D and then split it off from E-V-I-L and you have evil. Uh, so D evil to remove the evil, right? <clears throat> so that's kind of interesting when I found that. Or you can reverse that, uh, which is what, you know, the negative aspect of it is D live to remove life, you know, to remove life itself, you know. And you can also look at it as bail, to de-veil, right? So you can uh, remove the veil from your eyes, from consciousness, to remove the veil. Uh, and it's also de-evel, right? So de-evel. Um, so that means to remove the sacred electrical principle and magnetic principle of L and um, Eve, right? The sacred masculine and sacred feminine principle. So let's look at monster. Uh, you can break down monster. Yeah, I just said that mon it means one, but in this green language breakdown, we're going to add another O to it, and it means moon star. Okay, it's the moon star. And what do we see? We see in all the monster mythologies and stories that, that you know, like the werewolf, the werewolf turns under the full moon. The vampires come out at dark under the moon. You know, the monsters come out under the moon, the moonlight. So, and there's a lot more to this that goes back uh, into the ancient Egyptian mythology, and it goes back to Venus. Uh, I'm not going to get into all that here, but I have stated it many, many times. Uh, there's a whole uh, evolution of this where we start to demonize the sacred feminine principle, and it, and Venus gets associated with Lucifer, the light bringer, and there's a lot to it, but monster literally can be broken down or in green language can be broken down into moon star so satan right so we can break this down into in a set so reverse it in a and then set right so you can break that down so you can see how you play with these words right you play with them to find the meaning so satan means you are in set and what does set mean set means westing okay so in the egyptian tradition westing meant death Okay, it meant going into death, and it meant going into slavery, you know. Um, it, it meant uh, going into moral relativism, going against natural law, okay. So here's a couple other ones, and here's ma'at, right? So ma'at, at ma, so at the sacred feminine, or ma'am, like I, I said earlier. So ma means mother, so at ma. Uh, and I, I wanted to bring this up because we have matter which is um, Mat-Tir, so Ma-Tir, and Tir means terrain, or it can be the Tir of Ma, the, the, the um, you know, Tir from the Tir duct of Ma. So Ma, the terrain can be the earth or the universe. Um, and then, you know, Ma represents the earth as well, like I just said. Um, uh, One point I like to bring up here is that matter obviously can be symbolic of a physical uh, masculine property. But within all masculine properties or symbolism, we find a bit of the feminine. And that's why I wanted to bring this up, because what did we find here? That when you break down matter into its green language, we find that there is a remnant of the sacred ma, the sacred feminine principle within it, the tear of ma. You know, tear represents emotions. Tear represents can be positive or 
or negative emotions. Um, so it depends on what we're doing here. You know, will Ma cry like she's doing now because we are enslaving ourselves and, you know, uh, violating natural law? Or will Ma cry with happiness because we start to live in harmony and create a world of, uh, of freedom? And then we can look at the word Freemason. So let's break this one down. Uh, free sons of Ma. So free Ma sons, right? So free Ma, which is the mother, and then son, S-O-N or S-U-N. So we're each and every person in the world. Each and every person is a son, a son of Ma, but also the light of Ma, the son, S-U-N of Ma. So free the sons of Ma. We must free each and every being and you know i'm not advocating for the lodge system here but i just find it extremely important to understand freemasonry and its ancient origins into egyptian mythology and anybody who knows me knows how frequently uh, i speak about freemasonry so let's take a look at some other ones here imagination i mage in or at i on Okay, so imagination is literally when you have the eye on, you know, and you have the magic, you have the inner magic taking place, and you have the magnetism, the creative magnetic force, um, and your eye is on, obviously, and your charge, your charge part particle, image, images, right? So eye mages, right? So images are eye mages, they're eye magic. And we can look at mages as Ma's G's, you know, the creative principle of Ma. Um, magic is uh, mag IC. If we phonetically pronounce IC at the end of mag, uh, magic, then we see that. So mag can also be representative of magnetism, but it's also um, the sacred feminine, right? So it's the Ma and the G. Mag is Ma and G IC. It's also magnetism IC. So here's a really easy one for people. Information, inform, I-N-F-O-R-M, at A-T-I-O-N, I-O-N. So when, we're, when we are informed, when we have information, we're truly informed, we are at I-O-N. So as you can see, this pattern repeating, the I-O-N, you know? And then another way you can look at it is inform, ma'at, I-O-N, okay? So we have inform, Okay, in four, correction, in four, ma, right? So ma'at, so the sacred feminine. And you can just add an extra A in there and an I on. So, you know, we are in four, ma, I on. Let's move into some dark occult use of green language. Dark occult use this as a means of covertly communicating or to commun communicate with each other through things like occult mockery and or to program our subconscious minds through subliminal subversive symbolism, which would be the abuse and inversion of green language. But remember what I said at the beginning or towards the beginning, that green is not always representative of something good. It can represent toxicity, sickness, poison, and represent a lot of negative things as well. And that's what I would look at this as, the dark use of green language, being the poisonous use of green language. So let's take a look at this. And the artwork on the right side is done by Nate Cap, And the artwork in the back as well is credited to Nate Cap, which I forgot to mention at the beginning. 
uh, amazing artwork. And if you look right now, you can see the key coming out of the book in the background with the G. So I just wanted to add that in there. Um, but let's get back to it. Uh, so police, right? Pole ice. The poles are iced. Okay. Um, the two hemispheres of the brain are iced over. And that's what this means. The sacred feminine and sacred masculine principles are frozen, right? And this is why his heart in this image is frozen, okay? His care is frozen. He has no conscience. He has the checkered board floor wrapped around his temple, representing ignorance, you know, magically binding his uh, two hemispheres of his brain, you know? And there's a lot more to this, but police means pole ice, you know? And then we have military, right? So um, we can break this down. M-I is my, and then L-I-T is light, and then A-R-Y is awry. So my light awry. So it's the light of consciousness, the light of knowledge, truth, and conscience uh, is awry. It's no longer there. It's gone, right? Uh, and then we can relate this back to soldier. Sorry, this is out of order a little bit, but um, soldier, because when your light is awry, you are a soul dire, okay? So you break down uh, soldier, which is S-O-L-D-I-E-R, soul dire. The, the soul is in a dire condition. But you can also look at it as sold ire, right? The one who has sold his third eye. <clears throat> Excuse me. He has sold his third eye. So like on the image here, the uh, soldier has ripped out his third eye, his pineal, and given it, he's giving it over in exchange for money to do the most horrific uh, violations of natural law on this earth. You know, they are literally the bane of freedom. They have no conscience. They do not discern right action from wrong action themselves. And then we have officer, right? So off I seer, the I that is the seer is God. It's off, you know, um, he has no sight. He has no true vision, right? So these are some really good examples of this and credit to Nate again for these amazing depictions of this, um, uh, you know, this symbolism and these synchronistic uh, correlations of the screen language. Those with the eyes and ears to understand this, see it for exactly what it was an occult mockery. This is subversive use of green language. Now, of course, we must be cautious because not every example of green language in culture is intentionally being done. We must look deeper to see if it's if it is beyond interference from man. That's really important to understand. These ones, however, I do believe are intentionally being done. Uh, there is no doubt, you know, like whenever you look around the world, you will find the um, the use of symbolism, such as the checkerboard floor wrapped around the cop's temple. That's intentionally being done. You know, it's dark occult. It's dark Freemasonry, you know, to symbolize ignorance and to symbolize that they own you. You know, they own you. That's how this works. So we'll be moving on now. Vitriol. Okay, so this one is directly related to green language. The alchemical green line consuming the sun as depicted on the right side of the uh, slide here. Um, as is seen in text as the Rosium Philosophorum. The symbol is a metaphor for aqua regina. And this means, literal, literally means regal water or royal water. And this is a mixture of nitric acid and 
And this is a mixture of nitric acid and hydrochloric acid, which is also called vitriol. The anthropomorphized sun represents man's ego and the claim to be God, the highest of high. The green lion is an expression of primordial elements, elemental forces used to aid in the dissolution of ego-based consciousness in order to bring back balance and resolution to the being and to the planet and the universe. The seven stars represent the seven chakra Veda system, but also they are a throwback to the ancient Egyptian stellar mythos and the seven, the seven northern pole stars of the great processional cycle. So for anybody, this is pretty advanced stuff, but for anybody who understands the ancient uh, cosmology and astrotheology and astrology, anybody who's studied the ancient uh, totemic mythologies and the stellar cult, or anybody who's listened to the cubbyhole, you will often hear us uh, reference the northern polar constellations. And these stars, to me, don't just—they don't just represent the seven chakras, but they also represent the seven northern pole stars for a positive purpose. So we have the lunar and the stellar and the solar cults in this picture. There's a lot more to that picture, but I'm running out of time. So vitriol. Vitriol became extremely important in alchemy because it dissolved almost all substances, which of course was the substance the alchemists were after. The alchemical motto for vitriol is a Latin acronym, which translates to Vista Interiora Terre Rectificando Inviens Occultum Lapidin, which means visit the interior of the earth and through rectifying or through rectification, purifying, you will find the hidden stone. So the point here is that vitriol is often represented by a green substance. And this has to do with green language because green language is not just the, you know, uh, breakdown of the synchromistic understanding of words and meaning, but it's also vitriol. It's there to dissolve. So whenever you're dissolving the lies, it's a form of green language. You're in green speak, you know, you are breaking it down to get to its pure essence. And that's what uh, this alchemical uh, reference is about, is breaking down something from its impure state and finding the pure state, you know, to get back to its primal essence. So to dissolve the ego, right? So whenever we're using vitriol positively and correctly, we are trying to break down all the lies, mind control, uh, propaganda, and all these things that people are falsely believing in. Literary importance. Literature is of crucial importance to those who wish to bring more collective awareness and help evolve humanity into a higher state. Literature is a reflection of the human spirit, consciousness, and mind. By reading the words of others, uh, of another, we can begin to figure out how that individual thinks, feels, and understands their perspective and knowledge of the world. No book is completely isolated from the co-created existence that we all participate in. Each book overlaps with experiences and events of other individuals. Literature allows a person to step back in time and learn about life on, on earth from those who walk before us or experience epic tales of the imagination that go well beyond our physical reality and that some people could never even think of or imagine, through which we can gather a better understanding of the collective culture and consciousness and have a greater appreciation of it. This does not 
just refer to nonfiction, but also the importance of the expansive allegorical books of fiction. Storytelling is one of the most creative endeavors and important tools of the human experience, which has aided in the preservation of the ancient esoteric mysteries. Literature itself is magic, thus why all words are, form, are forms of spells. We spell words with spells. Reading helps to elevate one's mind beyond its limited personal viewpoints. Those who do not read will become doomed to a dull and limited perspective of existence that is lacking color of the imagination and also uh, puts them at a power differential where they can be extremely manipulated and controlled because of the lack of their education. In periods from ancient Egypt, we can gather their history through hieroglyphics, paintings, and sign language. Uh, and I don't mean sign language as in hand language, but it's more primitive than that. The symbols Egyptians left behind are what we now use to understand their culture. This is different to Greek and Roman culture, which is found, which is found with greater ease because of their innate desire, desire for their writings. Words have the ability to spark a meaning, reform a nation, and create movements and instill eternal philosophical ideas into all of us. So literature is extremely important. That's really what we're talking about here today. It's not just green language, right? It's green literature. It's green text. It's green symbolism, right? That's why I used the book with the green in it, okay? Very, very important to understand how important uh, literature is. Okay, here's another quote from Alvin Boyd Kuhn on the topic. A study of ancient literature growing more enlightened as it is pursued is revealing the presence of a definitively formulated and high organic truth structure constituted of the essential elements of a great logic, logical systemization of fundamental archaei, or archaei, as the Greek word has it, or principles of a cosmic order of being, expressed in many variety, varied forms of representation everywhere over the field of ancient culture. And what this all comes down to is service to truth. That's what this is all about. That's what the funnel conference is all about. That's what my seed conference is all about. That's what the great work is all about. Being in service to truth and natural law, freedom under natural law. Truth can never be destroyed, but humanity can be destroyed when we don't act in service of truth as her defenders. It is possible to co-create a positive outcome, but this can only be accomplished if we care enough to learn the truth ourselves and then develop the courage con to continuously speak it to others. That's what we're doing here today. We have the courage, we have the implements, the tools, and we're using them to our advantage to actually bring about a paradigm shift in our world by spreading the truth of natural law. Otherwise, we will continue to live in illusions and continue to believe in the false dogmatic erroneous ideas of man's authorities and moral relativity and social Darwinism and uh, epidemics and all these horrible, horrible uh, ideologies that are plaguing man that is creating the current slave system uh, all around us today. And with that being said, we're going to move into the final word. And the final word for today is the bird. The bird is the word. And I'm flying this bird at all those who wish to 
in infringe and encroach upon the the uh, innate liberties natural liberties of any sentient beings so this bird is a form of green language and that's why it has the green wings and it is a sign language an ancient sign language that is being used to say f you and f no i won't do what you tell me no is the final word and that's what this is representing here today no i will not obey i will not just go along to get along i will not just be in group think i will not just be another sheep uh, being led to the slaughterhouse so i am flying this bird in your face and it is the sacred language of the green heart that is saying no because i care enough to stand up and do something about what's going on i care enough to be the change that i want to see in this world so uh that's it thank you ladies and gentlemen sorry it was a little bit rushed i hope you enjoyed it and i hope that uh everybody really got something uh good out of this presentation got some understanding of green language and take this knowledge and utilize it in your own daily lives so until next time namaste and agape Wow, that was awesome. I'm such a huge student of words and language because words have meaning and meaning leads to purpose. I mean, it's so important to understand uh, the etymology and this gives us a, a fixed foundation on how to communicate in objective reality. It's so vital. And Brandon did a phenomenal job. Uh, I'm really looking forward to an extended version. Um, I'm sure he could do like three or four hours on that topic. No problem. But uh, Brandon, Martin, thank you so much for doing that. That was that was awesome. That was great. How's it going, Chris? I love the words. Is my mic coming through all right? Yep. I changed out. Yeah, I, I love the word stuff. We were having so much fun in the chat playing with words. And uh, it just gets your mind going. And the more you do it, the more you the more you see or hear and there's so much to be learned there. And there's so much wisdom, as he said, the language of the birds, consciousness, reality popping through. And it, it, it comes through on so many levels and it's kind of the more higher level truth aspects, things we're getting into towards the end of the day, which is exciting to me. You know, we, we went through a lot of the basics throughout the day and we talked about working on our, our shadow and our self and finding balance and dealing with our emotions and our trauma. And then Brandon comes in the end and just knocks it out of the park with understanding the reality of language itself and how that power, that um, hidden power is so much of a stronger and more important power than the average person wants to um, understand. But the more we get into these uh, esoteric secrets and occulted 
things, we, we come to understand that these truths are reflexive in all things. So, um, it's, yeah. it's, it's amazing to see and you never stop learning. And the more you look, the more there is to be, to be found. Yep. So yeah, I really Excellent. appreciate Brandon and look, I got my seed shirt on. So, you know, um, just yeah. love having, having the presence of, of all our, um, wonderful community here. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the seed conference was, uh, the major inspiration for the funnel conference. So shout out to Brandon Martin, Nate Cap, Douglas Martin. They did a fantastic job. And, um, before we bring our, the, uh, some of the presenters on for the round table. I just want to make an announcement. Uh, there is another event. Um, we talked about shattering the illusion on September 24th, visit shattering the illusion.info. And also, um, the end of slavery summit. Um, this is by Aaron Butler and Corey Endelot, and you can go to Nita one slash summit. Uh, what the independent media and mainstream mainstream media will not tell you 35 plus speakers, freedom and action, hundred percent free event. Um, so go there, sign up. And I know, I know how Corey is. He just wants to pack it, pack in as many resources as possible. So his website, uh, Nita one is fantastic. And there, and there's a great lineup. I see Mark Passio is on there. Um, Chris is on there. And myself, and I mean, there's a huge list of uh, presenters, so I highly recommend people check that out. And it's still in the early stage. I don't think there's actually a date yet when it's going to be released, but there is pre-registration where people can sign up and stay in the loop. Yeah, looking forward to that. Excellent. All right. Well, um, I think we get the get the roundtable started. So, excellent. Let's do it. All right. Welcome, everybody. Funnel two, day one. This is the roundtable. We have some of the presenters uh, from today, and everyone did uh, just phenomenal presentations. I want to thank all the viewers, um, everyone that shared the conference. Um, I know Facebook shut down our stream, but that ain't going to stop us. We're going to keep it moving. So uh, we were live all day on freedomundernaturallaw.com and the One Great Work Network, along with other social media platforms. Yeah, I don't know if that um, Facebook thing might have just been, it seemed like it timed out at eight hours. So it might just do that or something. Yeah. And then uh, I'll just uh, I'll just set something. Um, when we're doing the roundtable discussion, if you're not speaking, just mute your mic so we don't get any... Uh, any excess noise and stuff like that. So we can get a clear uh, conversation going. So right on. How you guys doing Brandon and Rick. Welcome. Hello. What's up? <laughs> Thanks for coming guys. Thank you for having me. Yep. Same here. Thanks for, you know, putting on this amazing event. Yeah. I really liked both of your um, presentations. It, it was, it was really fun to sit and I was just, um, enjoying every moment today it's hard to sit still that long but it really wasn't because i was so interested in what what was being said 
Um, let's start with Brandon. Let's talk a little bit about Brandon's presentation. Uh, I was really impressed by your graphics, Brandon. I, I love what you did there and, and, and how you broke things down and, and your, your own unique way of saying things in a, in a really simple way that people can understand. I really appreciate that. You want to tell us a little bit about your process of creating that and with the hands and everything, how that came to you? Um, yeah, actually, that presentation was inspired by a lecture from Manly P. Hall. Um, it's one of my favorite lectures. Um, it's titled Back to the Basics of uh, Philosophy, Religion and Science. And he goes into, you know, a deeper aspect. And that's just something that's always kind of resonated, you know, with me because we talk about, you know, the internal work and you know like the threefold aspects of consciousness that make up you know us as far as a individual and the means of expression so you know like the thought process and the emotion you know process which is something that i'm constantly you know having to battle you know myself with the suppression of some you know, emotional trauma and then to the aspect of the hands that's something that a lot of people don't really you know think about as far as you know how consequence um, you know, what we do with our hands, you know, like what we build, what we create, you know, and what we manifest, you know, there are consequences for that. So that has just always resonated, you know, with me. And I hope that as far as the information kind of share it with people and they can learn from that. And as far as as far as the uh, the visual graphics, Will has always inspired me. Um, you know, he's inspired me to step up, you know, my game. And I've always told him that that it's about help inspiring people and will has been a big inspiration to you know to make me want to level up and i'm constantly watching his work and you know i'm glad that to be hella part of this and hope that my work can inspire other people well that that's a huge compliment my friend and i, I thank you for that and um and you inspired me today your presentation the aesthetics were phenomenal your message was impactful and, uh, and I'm always looking for content creators and their styles and how they're putting together their work and their art forms. And uh, it's definitely motivation and uh, inspiration for me as well. So th that's awesome, man. Uh, Crip Rick, Hello. how are you feeling about the conference, man? Good job on your presentation. I, I know that was your first formal presentation. For you want sure. to speak, speak on that process a little bit? You, you, you knocked it out, man. You did great. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, it was definitely will, as you know, a learning curve for me. Um, when I took the, when I, when you asked me to, if I wanted to do one, I, I really wanted to, but I had no idea how to do a presentation. I definitely want, I'm inspired by everybody that was presenting today and other people's presentations, yours, uh, the work you do. So I really wanted to take this challenge on. I had zero idea how to do it. So I had to basically learn PowerPoint from scratch and uh, kind of build the framework for it. And so it was very new to me, for sure. And uh, so I was really proud that that I got it done. And I, I'm really looking forward to doing for, uh, presentations in the future. Now, I think the first step is always the hardest and the biggest step. So that was what my goal was, was to do the best I could, the best presentation I could and improve from there. So it was definitely a, a learning curve for sure, but a lot really fulfilling when you get it done. Absolutely. You got to have that zero point. You, you got to have that zero point where you start, create that inertia, and then keep the momentum going, right? And you just build Absolutely. on top of it and get better and better. It's definitely a process of evolution. For and sure. uh, I'm looking forward to your work. You're also a host on Revolution Radio. So, uh, yeah. 
I've, I've been on that, that radio station with you a few times and you always have great guests on there. So, uh, people should check that out as well. Thank you. Yeah. I love doing radio, uh, doing the interviews. And I also like doing my video ones for my YouTube channel and I've got a rumble channel and people have recommended I start getting on to Odyssey and that's so I got an Odyssey. So I'm, as I'm learning in Mark's class, cause I'm taking Mark's, uh, how to be the true media class this year I'm learning. So I'm, I have goals where I want to have my own website. I want to start getting my content out to more people. So I definitely am doing that with my video interviews and the radio ones, but I want to keep growing and eventually have a website and all those great things. I just learning as I go kind of thing. Hey yeah. Rick, I thought you learned, you picked up the PowerPoint really well and your slides were awesome. Like, Thank you so much. Yeah, that was all trial and error. <laughs> yeah, I'm impressed. Thank you so much. Yeah. And Brandon, your slides were awesome. I really liked For sure. it. It was so Thank like you. professional and put together so well. Yeah. Thank and your you. content, oh, I was really impressed. I was really like excited listening to you. It's awesome. I think what's really exceptional is that everybody doing this work is like this is totally self-motivated and self-driven. And one one thing that I find when I talk to people that um, really react to the idea of anarchy when I tell them we don't we don't I don't want rulers I don't want government and they 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 just can't imagine how could we possibly organize ourselves or have a society without um, a government to control us and tell us what to do and take care of the bad people you know but when you see the quality of work that people are doing here all from their heart all from being self motivated because they just have a desire to do what's right and there's no one paying um any of us to be here you know crip rick he's he's doing this because he cares about it and and he you know multiple days a week you know will's in the office doing this stuff staying up late at night helping out mark passio you know um brandon spender's out there creating videos after video after video you know and that takes a lot of time and energy and and, and I, I i really hope people are listening can recognize and applaud the energy that that people have put into this and the amount of time. I know, Leslie, I'm, I was joking. I think you spent a thousand hours on your presentation. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your process? Because I, I started the, yeah, the idea was started a long time ago. And then I created, a, you know, an initial set of slides, but then it just kept growing and evolving and changing over months, months. I, I had this one that started at least at the last funnel. The first funnel and then i just you know when i'm supposed to when working i'm supposed to be writing a note i go in instead and i would go into my my um keynote and play around with it and it was it was long little bursts over a long time and then i still didn't get it you know like the slides and some of the things the way i wanted you know but it's getting better each time Oh, I thought I thought it was great. I love the the detail that you that you went into and you grabbed multiple areas of, of the, you know, the mystery traditions and these different um, um, practices from ancient cultures and stuff. And I, I think you did a fantastic job. Thanks. I had fun well doing done. that. That's been my, I guess, interest since I was a little kid was just to seek knowledge from every tradition you know? Yeah. Awesome. So we have a question, uh, on discord from Nathan Crabtree. 
How can one get more involved in the One Great Work Network? So I, I would the, the One Great Work Network was uh, created uh, by Mark Passio, um, and he directs the network. And you know, you just you you do the work and you put it out there, put it out to the public as, as best as possible. Use multiple platforms. Don't be picky on your platforms, right? You got to just you got to spread it out. And uh, and Mark actually sends a personal invite to um, content creators. So um, yeah, put put your info out there and your art. Yep. And be willing to, you know, reach out to other people, you know, um, that I mean, there are a lot of us who are on the network who are open to do, you know, help collaboration and videos and we're free. So if you want to reach out to us, you know, you can always email us. You know, hell, we are, you know, pretty down to earth people. So if you want to chat or just reach out to us, most of us are willing to, you know, help collab. Yeah, good point. What, what, let's talk let's, real quick because we, you know, the theme of the conference is uh, unity, focus, and action. So, how much is networking and marketing um, a factor? Like, like you said, Brandon, and, and I totally agree with you. You know, you gotta, you gotta reach out to people, connect, collaborate, um, unify uh, with with content. Right. That's something that I've had to pull, um, pull out. You know, some of my trauma out of is, is sometimes it may feel uncomfortable as far as having to reach out to the people, but that's a part of the caring aspect. You know, if we truly want to get our content out and if we truly care about this information, then you'll, you know, you'll deal with whatever emotional, you know, hell responses that are going to come with that. So you will be willing to go through that, you know, means of feeling uncomfort for putting out this information or, you know, reaching out to other people because it, it is about building a connection. And if we truly want to get, you know, help get this, this information out, then we have to build hell, not just, you know, hell within ourselves in our own communities, but online too, because that's where a lot of this information is, you know, hell being retained is online. So we have to, you know, put more of it out, hell ourselves. And the more hands that are doing it, then the easier it's going to be for us to at least try to create some change. Excellent. I've seen a pretty miraculous difference from the time when I first tried to start doing this work. And in some ways things are easier and in some ways things are harder, right? Because now, like for instance, when Mark created the One Great Work Network, that gave me somewhere where I could network and reach quite a few other people, you know, like Brandon and I have met up, Brandon Spencer, Brandon Martin and I have met up. Um, I've met with quite a few people through that network and that took, you know, an immense amount of work on the part of Mark Passio and volunteers that helped him as well. And and so, um, you know, channels like that opening up. Um, another place where I, I met a lot of freedom people was in Richard Grove's autonomy program. And, and that really opened a lot of doors for me. And that was where I managed to meet um, Leah, who used to work with Mark. And, and then I met Andrew Kaufman and did, wound up doing some work with him. So, you know, um, I've been able to change my life and put way more, almost all my time now, working towards matters of freedom and truth, and where just two, three years ago that seemed impossible. But it was only able to do that through the network of people I was able to meet and um, this connection I've made with 
Leslie and this connection I've made with Will and John and the other people in the Natural Freedom Alliance has given me this huge anchor and leg up on um, on life, but also on pursuing my actual goal of be being a freedom activist and living the life and not just thinking and wanting to be that and doing it on my free time, but doing it like all the time is where I'm working towards. So, um, yeah, who wants to speak next? Rick, you want to talk a little bit on that subject of... Oh, sure. Yeah. I was just on the topic of reaching out. I think that's so important. Um, that's what I, I did. I, and it was definitely through the one great work network that I started. I've met so many incredible people, all the people on the panel and a lot of other people and, uh, re reached out. And I've just, over the last year, I've met so many incredible people, uh, where I live. I'm trying to, I would like to meet in person with people and I've, been kind of trying to set that up it's a lot more difficult at least in my area where i live to find people that are have any idea what we're talking about it seems the people i meet in person are very they're almost like stone or granite they just really don't want to take anything in or are not interested in looking at it and make a thousand excuses why they don't want to and so i think it's important to reach out i, I hope i can find people in my area so i could start maybe a group where we meet once a month at a restaurant or wherever to, to kind of get more active in person in my area, maybe some somewhere down the road, have a conference or something like that. But I think it's so important what you guys are saying to reach out and, and meet people and everyone I've met have been so amazing in, in offering help and support and guidance. And so I'm so grateful for all these. I truly am. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, that would be a great goal and something to accomplish, uh, having a funnel conference, an in-person funnel conference. Right. Yep. When I went to Anarchadelphia, uh, where I met a lot of people that I'm, I'm in contact with today and speak to on a regular basis, but to be in person where you have eye contact and that connection, I mean, it's it's great. I mean, take this, this conference today. I mean, there were so many great presentations and, and artwork and, uh, the energy was excellent, but have that in person. Oh man, that's a totally different, different ball game. So I think it's good, uh, to find that mixture, right? That balance of creating content and putting it out to as many eyes as possible using, uh, the internet and, you know, using, uh, technology, but also getting out in the, the natural world in your local area, and you know creating creating some kind of events or educational uh, platforms or something like that so right yeah hey leslie i got a question for you um how important like and we had and i got a few comments uh today from people they really liked that we kind of we had a good female feminine dynamic on the conference today and i mean i personally think I would love to see more women do the one great work. I think women have that, that power to drive uh, the energy um, of creating freedom and, you know, men follow that. And um, so how important is, is it for, for more women to get involved in the one great work? I think it's essential, you know, in the whole concept of balance and that there is something um that women can provide that feminine, that feminine energy, feminine perspective that balances out that masculine. And I, that will make us whole as a community and um, bring, bring new perspective 
and, and approaches, right, that are going to draw and attract other people, right? So I think it's really important. Yeah. I loved Definitely. it. I loved the dancing, Dorian, Dorian's dancing. It was such a great addition to this day today too. It was like, I want, I, I want, I felt inspired. I want to do something like that. I think that's, yeah. uh, is that Black Earth Productions? That must be Sethicus. He says um, he really likes your background with the hummingbird. <laughs> we got another cool comment. Um, it looks like Caleb says, what about spreading knowledge ver through TikTok reels? Um, I think that's a good comment. You know, I think any way, you know, like you were mentioning, the Dorian, that really impressed me, Dorian's work. And the art we showed from Sarah Cross, like we were discussing that as well. Um, going multimedia, going um, every, you know, I've always imagined this artistic renaissance where, you know, art is one of the most valuable things that we can share and trade. And, it, and sharing and trading art and, and value is one of the solutions to creating value and to creating um, an economy of exchange that doesn't involve um, force and coercion. So. I mean, it's very powerful to be using these different types of media any way and every way possible. And we need to speak to the younger people who are only watching like things that only go for a few seconds. A lot of people cannot right. sit and watch a full hour or much less yeah. six hour presentation. So, Yeah. What, what do you think about that, Brandon? Uh, yeah. To speak on that, this is something that kind of has come up recently as far as me conversating with other you know, creators because um, Melissa does a lot of shorter uh, videos and Corey has been doing a lot of smaller clips and you can actually you know take these smaller clips and put them on other platforms to you know like maybe draw people's hell attention in because they are on these you know hell smaller platforms and they may not have the time for a, a hour or you know they may not have the hell attention span to sit down and watch a two-hour presentation which I think that should be worked on, but at least it's drawing more people into the uh, message. And how Nate Cap does a good job with his Outcast series as far as, you know, putting a lot of valuable hell, information in like a 10, 15, 20 minute, uh, you know, hell video. So I think that is a good means of trying to draw hell, people in to this message because um, we, we can kind of help allure people in because it's about spreading hell this message so if we have to you know use it in a more fine-tuned hell approach to kind of help get them to this knowledge and information i think that is a good means of doing it yeah i i totally agree with that uh, by any means necessary right once you understand the veracity and how dr how critical the human condition where we're at now it is by any means necessary. So yeah, I, I have a TikTok channel. I try to upload my content to as many platforms as possible. And it, I mean, it could take hours doing that, right? I mean, but just more, more eyes to see. And there's a whole marketing campaign that can go with that. Um, and, but ultimately it's about, you can, you can have 100,000, 500,000 views, right? But if no one's emailing you trying to, ask questions and get a deeper understanding we're, we're trying to inspire more people to go public not as entertainment for people just to view and then disregard right we need numbers of people what embodying the one great work so changing themselves becoming more moral and activate so like um 
Black Earth Productions, right? Art is magic. Mm-hmm. You have art, heart, earth. This is the, the generative uh, the generative principle of generating. So, yeah. Yeah, art that comes from the heart. Exactly. Definitely. I especially remember uh, when I was first listening to uh, Mark Passio's podcast on the What on Earth is Happening podcast and working my way through, and he got into the section where he started really talking about the heart. And, and um, I've come across this thing in the years since that I call heart-based communication. And I think it's really important that, you know, there's one type of conversation I can have with Leslie or Brandon Spencer or any of you here. Um, and there's another conversation that's going to happen if it's somebody who hasn't looked at any of this material that, that, w- that, that we've all looked at and they're still kind of stuck in the mainstream paradigm. And so one thing I found that's difficult because I've had my own frustration with that. Sometimes people, you're like, come on, get it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I was at one point that place too where I didn't get things, you know, and that I, that I get now. And there's things I probably haven't completely understood now that, I, that I'll get in the future. So it's important to remember everybody's on their journey. And then when we're speaking to these people that if we speak from our heart, I think sometimes that's a way to break through some of those barriers. And like what Rick did in his presentation was he was so real. And he talked about his own personal journey a lot. I think that breaks down some of those walls and it helps, you know, heart to heart with people. So that's something I recommend in communications with trying to bring people into these ideas that aren't quite there yet. Yeah. You want to say anything on that, Rick? I I agree. I think we're all, I, that, I was kind of, I just kind of giggled when you said, like when you said you want to talk to people sometimes and just be like, get it, you know, because I was like that at first where I, I would talk to somebody and I just had all of this built up and I would want to talk to them so bad and try to get them to, to hear what I was saying. And then I, I learned very quickly that that's not the way to go about it by all means. Um, I usually got negative results. And if anything, they would just shut me out and give me that stare that they, I just wasn't connecting with them. So I, I like what you're saying that we're all on the, we're all on this journey, but we're all at different levels. And that's something I had to realize is that you have to kind of go at, come at like talk to each person and gauge where they're at and then kind of start there and not just try to overwhelm them and so i i think that's so important that people realize that that we're all at different levels we're all at learning and so we have to be aware of that and kind of when you meet people kind of see where they're at yeah yeah absolutely the the art of communication right comprehension is so important comprehension on your end and then so you can communicate it to a certain level of how uh, so the the individual can comprehend what you're saying so you know using the socratic method simplifying the profound there's so many different tactics uh like what nate cap said let's put that on there right there and and i love his his new video series that he's doing because he's doing a style that I highly recommend. He's building the listeners up, right? Bits of inf- of bits of knowledge that are eventually going to build a, a tapestry of a message, and I think that's that's really important. Again, it's um, it's a process of self discovery, yeah. knowing yourself and understanding your own attributes and talents and what you're good at. So. Um, I agree. I, 
I think that's very important. And then once you understand, I mean, even today on, on day one of the funnel conference, we saw so many different art forms. And um, I mean, the the potential is unlimited. It's just about activating and creating the action. I was inspired today in, in many different ways. Um, but one of the commonalities I found in especially Brandon's, uh, Melissa's and Leslie's presentations and elements in Rick's as well were, were this, this um, where you're working towards being a more whole person and finding your balance, finding your center. And like, as Leslie says, finding your happiness, right? And, you know, I think this is an interesting discussion that I want to pass along to you guys because finding happiness in a world where we know there's terrible things, hey, Indica's here, right on, um, can be, uh, it can be tough because we know there's terrible things going on. There's, there's children being hurt, there's um, human slavery going on, and yet we're supposed to be happy. You know, it, it's a weird juxtaposition. And so um, I thought that'd be an interesting conversation we could pass around unless there's another good comment or question. Um, I, I, I actually want to I want to comment on that, Chris. I, I think what you said was really important, right? People kind of have to separate their own internal ecology, their own internal world with what's going on externally. So what Melissa said in her presentation about acceptance, it's not accepting violence and slavery right? Uh, it, it's accepting what has manifested and, uh, and understanding, okay, that happened and dealing with it and moving forward. What are you going to do about it? So, you know, I mean, the waking up is a brutal process. I mean, that, that's what it's meant to do is break down and break down the, the false ideologies and the conditioning and program that we have taken from, from youth right all the way up to adulthood and it's a death is what it is it's actually experiencing a death a level of consciousness that needs to be shed and then um and higher awareness coming into fruition so um indica martin fantastic presentation today the importance of teaching the trivium to children how did you enjoy the uh the conference today Oh, I loved it. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, uh, anytime that people can get together and be able to uh, share their experience and their journey with consciousness and where they are um, in that journey, we're all at different stages, I think is uh, extremely cool to be able to get together and do this together. Yeah, and awesome. so like it is joyful, even though some of the subject matter is difficult, right? We're trying to, you know, um, translate one of the most difficult subjects that we ever tried to communicate to people in our lives, which is a heck of a struggle, but it makes it really fun when we're not the only one doing it. <laughs> and then we got, oh, look, there's other people that care in the same way that I do and that are concerned with the same problems I am. And um, we can, we know that there could be this multiplying effect if we keep that energy going and that momentum going. Absolutely. I think that, you know, you look at uh, five years ago and how many people were doing this kind of conference, um, you know, 
it's like you said, Chris, uh, at the beginning of today, you said now's the time. So now is the time to, you know, um, take that leap of faith and uh, just know that uh, if you're doing anything to help someone or anyone reach that higher state of awareness of what's going on, um, then uh, we're on the right path, right? Yep. Right. Yeah. As, as Rick was, was stating in his presentation, right, the shadow work, the most important work to be done internally with the individual, but it's the same exact thing externally in the aggregate of the world, right? We're trying to inspire people to, to do that shadow work. So it's, it's shedding the, uh, the, the false ideologies. Um, but we got a question real quick from Stony Buds 420. What's the best way to teach this in a fun way? Not as entertainment, but maybe a real enjoyable way of learning this stuff. Maybe it shouldn't be because of the weight of the knowledge. I um, think it's... Go ahead, Leslie. Yeah, I think it's great to be creative in how you teach this information. And we have to be creative and do it in all different ways. And, you know, like someone like Justin Padini, you know, he does it with humor. And, you know, we can bring our personality into it. So the more that you become your true self, like you're saying, Rick, you know, the more you can bring your character and your quirks and your unique qualities into your teaching and do it your way. And I think that could be fun. Like, you know, and I, the, there's something here, like where you're saying, this is serious subject matter, but we can still live in joy. And, and that's really, from my perspective comes from, I have love for nature. I have love for the earth, for life. I love life. And it's because of that love is that why I'm motivated to do do this work. And I refuse to give up my joy of life and nature. I, I feel like that's essential that we, you know, that's part of how we, we win, you know, is we refuse to let the depression and the, the sadness overcome us. Um, but instead be really determined to just be an expression of the beauty and the, the energy of life. And then the other thing I thought of was like, there's, it, we did a round table with um, Fred and Libercast. There's a few of us and Brendan Martin was there. And if you, anyone could check that out, it's really good because towards the second half or towards the end, Brandon brought up a topic about, you know, bringing back to life the spiritual, the spirit of the child. And I, I, and he described how, you know, we, we have gotten really serious in a lot of ways as, um, you know, in this process, because when you wake up, it's depressing. It's depressing to look at, you know, the problems. And if we keep our focus there, you know, like Melissa and I both talked about where are we putting our focus and the thoughts we're thinking about that. And if we're looking at what's falling apart, we're really missing an opportunity to focus on what we can create, which is in the spirit of joy and, you know, love. And there's a, a certain portal, I think, that you need to go through in your process of maybe awakening or coping with the, you know, what you learn about in the evil of the world. And then, you know, you kind of can pop through it into a place of seeing it from a different perspective and seeing some 
you know, aspects of it which lighten the experience and the view. I think sometimes like psychedelics can help create that experience. Um, so I think we have to be determined to not let let this the darkness of what's happening keep us down. Right. Excellent. Well said. You, you know, I thought of too, um, isn't it Benny Wills who was doing comedy and they had a little troupe where they were making these funny, I remember they had the conspiracy guy and that was like a breakthrough video for me when I saw that because I was at the time, I was just slamming my head against the wall trying to talk to people about the chemtrails, the geoengineering and, and I was coming from this point of view of being mad and frustrated and look at what they're doing, you know, and people that would turn people away when, when I would get emotional. And so if, if you can, like, like Leslie says, transcend, get to that point of knowing, learning, understanding, and then get past your own personal traumas over it and then get to that place where now you're ready to patiently teach and use heart-based communication with people. You know, if you can find a way to be silly and communicate this information in a funny goofy way that might actually get someone's attention until they look at it and then they're laying there in bed at night and they're like oh that's funny but not funny you know and it's in, not all at once but you you got the door open you know, because maybe, it's whatever, absurd like whatever works right <laughs> what, what's happening that's right oh, right no go ahead <laughs> well i was just gonna say just add on to what you guys are saying and i try to tell people that there's so many ways that you can get this information out there like because uh, a lot of people some people may not like doing presentations they might might not like doing interviews and stuff so i always tell try to tell people that you know something that you're really good and passionate at you can incorporate that into teaching natural law and the principles and everything that we talk about it's just there's so many different ways to express it as we saw today you can do it in dance uh, my wife does it in her art she she puts her her love into her art and tries to put a message into that so i just like to let people know that you don't necessarily have to do a podcast or or an interview style or anything in that format but just find something that you're really passionate about and enjoy doing and it there will definitely be a way that you can incorporate all of that into the your message into it i think we have another question uh this is in discord uh, ZW Zen, he said he just made an account on Discord just to say thank you for putting this on. Learning so much and can't put into words my gratitude. Um, currently running through what on earth is happening, but any other work to read slash view for novices? Oh, there's so much. <laughs> Where do we what, start? <laughs> well, a, a great place to start, right, is here the one great work network so that that has a consolidation of of people that are uh have their own creative expression and um they're putting out their own content it's kind of like a, it's a great hub to find these content creators and find certain styles that might interest you uh and you know everyone on the network has the the umbrella of natural law achieving true freedom objective morality so that's a great place to start because there i mean Think there's 60 content creators on there and everyone's just got a plethora amount of work i mean so that's a huge resource right there you know it'd be cool why don't each of us let's start with brandon each of us just give a couple two or three of our inspirations that we would share with people uh people that inspired you or books 
Um, <clears throat> the first would be, of course, Manly P. Hall. Um, I have always enjoyed his work, um, just listening to his lectures, um, especially some of his older ones. I've always found to be, you know, kind of pleasant, easy on the ears. And if you want to go deeper into like health, occult knowledge toward like the midterm, you know, like health of his life and earlier uh, years, he went deep into the occult tradition. So, and he also put out a lot of books and manuscripts that should be read. And he got into a lot of the symbolic and relationship. So his work has been prolific. And of course, Michael Tessarion, um, his, his earlier works. And then, you know, he's transformed his work into the depth in psychology. Um, whenever you are listening to his stuff, you need to have a pen and paper because he will drop names and just drop so much information. And then also to just be willing to, you know, help dive deeper into these names and, you know, topics. And uh, of course, the hermetic principles and hermetic philosophy and, and theosophy has also, you know, been huge inspiration um, as far as in my work and, you know, practicing those traditions. Thanks, Brandon. Yeah, Kybalion would be good with the Hermetic. Um, how about you, Rick? Oh, I definitely, I, I have to say, inspires, got me inspired for sure was uh, listening to Mark Passio's podcast and, and all his presentations. That was definitely a huge flame for me to get this all, like to start diving into this knowledge. And then I've also looked into, I was a lot of the work of David Icke and and stuff like that and then I've uh, so many great presenters and people that are doing great content on the one great work network as I was saying earlier I've met so many amazing people that are putting out so much great work that you know like Will Keller Leslie all of you I mean I can name you all to be honest you're all doing amazing work and I've learned so much just by watching your guys work so that definitely that's you know and but Mark Pascual is the somebody that's really inspired me if I'm being totally honest. Yeah. Mas Manly P. Hall was a master teacher of his time. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Indica, do you want to um, share with us some, some inspirational things that you'd like to pass on? Yeah, I think uh, Manly P. Hall, definitely. I love listening to his, um, you know, they're not really podcasts. They're, <laughs> they're his lectures. Uh, whenever I'm in the car and I, I need some some grounding, I, I, I've just done that for many, many years. Uh, but my first uh, eye awakening type of person was Wayne Dyer. You may think, oh, no, not him, right? <laughs> um, but uh, he helped me with the awakening part um, where... I didn't really think about that before, you know, he's, he's, he's a certain level, but you know, there's people that are a lot more, um, in tune with, um, you know, the higher state of awareness. Uh, but, uh, he was my first, uh, person that I really got into learning and listening to, uh, you know, David Icke is, I mean, there's just so much work that has come out of him that, uh, He's very inspiring. So those are the three, I think, that sure. uh, I, I like the most. Right on. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Leslie? It's hard um, because there's been so many influencers and people who have inspired me over the years. But where it all got put together really clearly was, was through Mark 
Mark Passio, and then I, I listened to a lot of Michael Tessarian, and then David Whitehead, and I listened to a lot of Sethicus, and did initiation with Sethicus at one point, and I was really also, um, and there were other aspects that I, I started to study my lineage, you know, my um, ancestral line, it, with uh, people who had, you know, um, some esoteric knowledge there, and and you know that the, that was a helpful path for me to brought me down, you know, kind of understanding myself at a deeper level. So I think that's part of like finding your voice is to um, study yourself and your lineage, your ancestry. A lot of people in the U.S. really don't delve deeply into that. They we've been taught to sort of we're American, you know, and we forget our roots. So that's like another aspect. I have a, I have an interesting recommendation and um, talk about someone whose slide was it? Oh, it was Brandon Martin who brought up serendipity and serendipity is is an amazing thing. And so I recommend there's still these things. They still exist. They're called used book book stores and the books are these things you can open up and look through and they have pages with words back before all this digital stuff. But if you go in a used bookstore and, and just kind of look around in the, in the in the weird esoteric and occult sections and just pick out something, you know, about Freemasonry or um, Rosicrucianism or um, Rudolf Steiner. You know, if you go down some of these roads, what you'll be amazed with is you'll open up one of these books and you'll get the tingles up your spine because you'll start reading something that happens to coincide with something that's going on in your life right now. The same thing can be done with the Bible. The same thing can be done with nature, the living Bible and the birds as you're walking through nature. Um, I've talked about something I'm going to bring up in my tomorrow's a little um, hint um, that I call getting your downloads from the source. And all all information and is accessible. So one of your best ways is other people staying up late, talking to someone all night and just working through things. You it's amazing what can be picked up. But, yeah, I just want to recommend those couple things. And then, of course, my podcast is in evil.life, but in evil, the whole idea came from the book, The End of All Evil by Jeremy Locke. And this is a short book. You can read it in a, in a one day, no problem. And it really just kind of condenses a lot of this knowledge into some really straightforward language of what's right and what's not right in our, in our um, strange slave culture. So I'm going to pass it on to Will. Can I add one thing that just to oh, bounce sorry. off of you? <laughs> no, I know I'm going to bump in anyway. Um, you know, that thrift store thing, that Gods of Eden by William Bramley was one of those situations. I just happened to find that book in this conservative, this weird town I live in. Very, you know, not a typical kind of find. And I really didn't even know what it was about. I just knew I wanted that book, that I needed that book. And it's been... Um, really good for me. To, it's also putting together the pieces around the um, intervention theory, you know, the interference theory, and a lot of historical events around the Dark Brotherhood. It's really putting the pieces together. So I recommend that book. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, and um, on that path, everything you know is wrong. Go on YouTube and type in everything you know is wrong by Lloyd Pye. If you haven't seen that, you got to see that. <laughs> That's a must see. Okay, now now to Will. Yeah, Lloyd Pye's got some phenomenal content. Um, big inspirations. Uh, I mean, I'm a book junkie. I've been looking into occultism and and the mystery traditions for many years. 
I was fascinated by uh, natural law, how nature operated. Um, growing up on a ranch, I was always fascinated by the beauty of nature and the inner workings. So that was my main drive, um, you know, coming across someone like Mark Passio, which just synthesized a lot of the knowledge that I was running into and then applied it to the real world to give you a big picture of what is going on it was absolutely mind blowing. But uh, definitely got into the mythos um, in the Norse tradition, and many other traditions as well, Comitian. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, mainly P. Hall, you guys said a whole bunch of them, Walter Russell, Nikola Tesla, uh, Roger Boscovich. Um, and so, yeah, that's a lot of those, are my inspirations. I, I have, I have so many, I love, I can take pieces from all different genres and try to, uh, put them together and process it. So those are some big, some big inspirations. That's your, that's your homework listeners. I want, I want that all read and listened to by tomorrow before the next day. <laughs> there you go. So we have, uh, let's put this on the screen. This is great. Uh, and then we, we do have a couple more questions. So Jason writes, Indica, my eight-year-old daughter, did a book report on give to nature and nature will give to you. Her teacher thought it was pretty cool. That's awesome. I love that. That makes me want to cry because that's why I do what I do. I want to touch um, and be able to inspire, especially that that age group. Um, that just, it's wonderful to hear. I mean, I, I think that's phenomenal. That's wonderful. Makes it all worth it. Yeah, it really does. It really does. It's it's really one of a kind book because uh, when my daughter was born, um, I was always looking for for books that had this type of information, and um, I couldn't find any, you know, children's child children books. And then uh, so when you released yours, I was like, ah, oh, this is awesome, and uh, it, it's great. So highly recommend people check that out. I, I will say that if it wasn't for her mother or her father, whoever gave her that book, she wouldn't have done the report on it she probably wouldn't have learned what she learned um so uh that's why it's so important to i just want to reach as many people as i can about this topic and uh get it out there yep Go, Chris. Care. how do you decide your topic to discuss there are so many areas one could cover about natural law and living unslaved. So, you know, that is a good question because one of the things that people run and start, whether it's writing a report or making a presentation, is the blank page. And that's like the enemy of the artist, right? Unless um, you transcend that as being an issue. And that's a lot what we were talking about, about the self-work. A lot of that is just stop telling yourself you can't do it and just start right. doing something. And you do something I call throwing spaghetti at the wall. You just start with something. And even if that gets erased and the thing after that gets erased, it gave you the, the footstep you needed to start the next thing. And like, for instance, my podcast, I remember trying to think, what the heck am I going to call my podcast? I, I can't just call it natural law. You know, I, I was going back and forth about it. And then I thought, well, you know, I could base it on the book, The End of All Evil. That's a really good book. And if, if I do that, then I'll have something to constantly talk about, all this great stuff in the book. So, you know, you pick one little focal point Usually that's something that has to do with your own personal hero story or trauma that you've been through. 
what got you through? What helped you realize and start there for someone else? You know, what was the thing that sparked it for you? I'll pass it off. Who wants, who else wants to jump in on that one? I'll share. So I, I'm, I, I'm lucky right now in my life that I get to have conversations with people about these deep topics and that helps to inspire ideas, having conversations with like-minded people. And as you do that, I get these sparks, I get sparks of ideas. And then also some things I'll be observing in life and oftentimes something will rub me a little wrong or it'll just um, give me a, an aha and it's just something that excites me, it interests me. And so th because it's interesting to me and it's, um, it has a life of its own and I just, I just start writing stuff down and it evolves. So I don't overthink it at all. It's like something that comes organically from, from me that, 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 that is of interest that I feel is important and that has a life of its own. That's my process. And that's like, you're looking for it. So you start seeing it everywhere. So part of it's just having that consciousness where, you, where everywhere you're going, you're looking for the symbols. And I think that's the way, um, you know, language of the bird works too. When you're looking for messages and you're looking for what the great intelligence might be, might be showing, then you start to see it. But if you're not looking for it actively and thinking about it, you're not going to get those ideas very easily. And they're not just going to come to you if you don't open those doors and seek them and out. And ask questions. Ask questions. What is important right now to, you know, to say? What's important to be known? You know, what do people need? What And what do I have to, to offer? You know, where is my... I had to come back to, like, what's my area of expertise? You know, I listened to Mark and I'm like, well, I'm not an expert in these things. And I, I can't just do what everybody else is doing. I had to come back to, well, what's my work? What do I know? And then how does this apply? How do these topics interweave? And that's where I decided, you know, became aware that's where I need to stay. How about you, Brandon? How do you choose a topic? Uh, I'm kind of that dude that throws that spaghetti at the wall because, um, you know, sometimes I just, you know, stick with it. And I just, you know, keep trying to focus and eventually something will come up. But hell, usually it's not the topic that's the problem. It's the visual hell aesthetics that I suffer with, you know, because to me, like trying to find as far as a presentation to me, like trying to create the background is the hardest as far as like what I'm going to create. That's the easy part for me because I can just envision it in my mind. But it's the visual hell aesthetics that that I lack and suffering. So, um, and then hell, like Leslie said, is sometimes you may be speaking to people or you may be checking out someone else's content and they may help mention something and it may just resonate with you. So it's like, hey, I may want to voice my hell, opinion on this topic and then source that material hell, as well. So with me, it kind of comes and goes, but I'm usually the one that's kind of, you know, sitting here like thinking, 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 and then I'll stick with it or I'll try to like, get in a creative mode, a creative environment, try to, you know, put on some music that kind of is relaxing. Um, I know what I like. Um, I know, you know, like that if I get held alone, then it's easier for me to focus. So that's kind of how I do it. That's great. You, you reminded me of one thing too, that works for me is when, um, when I try to get into one of these conversations with somebody that doesn't get it, <laughs> and I'm stuck thinking about like why I got frustrated I couldn't I didn't know what to say to them they weren't hearing me 
then my mind mm-hmm. would go on, okay, I'm going to start there and use that as something to make a whole presentation about. I wasn't able to easily communicate it with somebody or they were getting stuck on something I was saying. Okay, now I know I need to work on. That's it right there. Wherever you can't, whatever seems frustrating to, com- to communicate with people that you understand, start there. Like if you can communicate it well to yourself, then you'll be able to, I don't know. What do you think, Rick? I agree. I, I think that's great what you just said. And for me, when I, for my topic on shadow work, I, I chose that topic because this shadow work is something I've been working on for so long on myself. So I'm very passionate about it. And I know how important it is for somebody to actually do the work on themselves uh, more. I think it's the most important thing, the foundation that people need to do. So I, that, that was, that was why I chose the topic that I did because I just wanted to, talk about something that I'm actually incorporating into my life, something I've been doing for a long time and uh, something I think is very important that everybody has to do. I, I just keep saying that that's the foundation or the roots that people need is to do the work on themselves. I think that's so important. Yeah, and I think that um, is definitely tied into each of our purpose of why we're here. You know, we right. each face you know, we're faced with challenges, we're faced with obstacles, and those are part of our journey, you know, part of, I think, personally, that almost like Oversoul, we've chosen to be here, and we've chosen to go through these struggles and these journeys, and so when we, we come up to them, they're, they're opportunities, so when um, something terrible happens to us that's stressful, then coming out of it, the fact that we survived and we transcended it gives us an opportunity to teach someone else about that, so, you know, for instance, I, I mentioned um, a conversation I had with Jonathan Wright, a, a member on the One Great Work Network, and he dealt with alcoholism. So when we had our conversation, he was able to talk about alcoholism and how he transcended it and how that helped him understand um, God, you know. And so I think a good place to start is your worst traumas or your worst pains, your pain points and work from there. Yes, um, I agree. How about you, Indica? Would you like to comment on that? Uh, sure. You know, as a child, I had a lot of pain with not knowing why and how and, you know, all those foundational parts of the trivium, you know, especially in that first stage, which is which is grammar. OK, that's the comprehension, the memory, uh, the memorization They're in the classical trivium. They're teaching the children for a good five years, you know, how to do all these things. And, you know, that creates that foundation of learning um, that I didn't have. So they didn't teach me, you know, how to learn. They taught me what to learn on a test. So they didn't teach me how to learn. Um, And that's, that's, uh, it, 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 uh, caused me to go through life with blinders on, you know, and I'm in my little bubble and I think everything's just la-di-da and I can make it better. And, you know, I'm not really understanding what's going on below my feet, above me in the sky and all around me. And the trivium, uh, when I started studying that, it uh, opened my eyes enough to write my book because it, it was the foundational part that was missing in my school years and everybody else's school years, and it's wrong. It's, there's definitely a reason that they keep this type of 
education um, way of teaching children uh, from the masses, and it's wrong. It needs to stop. And most parents don't really know about this. They don't think about this, and uh, that's why that's why this whole conference and uh, you know what we're doing is so I think key because it it all ties in with everything that everybody's topics. Uh, you know, about our pain and suffering and, you know, what we had to go through to get here. Um, and, uh, that, that's my pain is, is keeping that truth from me as a child. There's just, you know, there was no reason to do that or I, I could have grown up differently, um, with, uh, that knowledge in my, you know, late teens or twenties, instead of being asleep at the wheel until I was like 48 years old. So, <laughs> Well, that's so beautiful, Indica, because it it really does like exemplify exactly what I was saying. Like you had this trauma as a child, and now as you've become a whole person and transcended that trauma, and said to the universe and yourself and your oversoul or whatever, now what can I do about that trauma? And here you are going back, and you created this book to provide that knowledge and that love from your heart for other kids, and you're healing that wound. And so now you can be happy, you know, even if things are going to shit all around you, you're doing the right thing and that makes you feel good. And so that's the way other people want to feel. And that's what we want to relate to the listeners that you can do that too. You know, you go back and you heal that wound and that's where you start. That's where you're going to get your subject matter. Uh, once you finish that off on that, Will. Yeah, that, that was great. You know, the social engineers are getting a huge uh, head start because most parents sacrifice their children to the state and you know like most of us we we started to awake later on in life so i really like what you said indica um children are incredible a they don't have all the programming and conditioning that's piled on right they don't have all this psychological baggage so you can you can tell them the truth in in many different ways and um, and and give them that that firm found foundation, that worldview that they can grow and and develop uh, correctly. So uh, yeah, I think that is that's really important. Um, here's. Oh, I'm sorry. I wanted to go to the Discord. Left them hanging for a little bit. Uh, so Mark Passio commented in the Discord, phenomenal job on day one of the Funnel 2 by all organizers and speakers. Been watching all day and have been blown away by everyone's efforts. Oh, wow. Thanks, Mark. Thank, Thank you, Mark. my friend. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mark. Yeah. Thanks. Obviously, Mark Passio is a... Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of uh, the skill sets that at least I have learned, I've learned through his class uh, how to become the true media and just, you know, practice, practice and put it in action. So that, thanks, Mark. I'm excited for Mark to see this year's presentation because I've learned so much from last year and so much I attribute to what I learned from Mark, too. So excellent. Uh, I wanted to say too. I wanted to say too. Um, I didn't know what the trivium was until I heard Mark talking about it. So you see that that seed that grows into something else, and then you, it takes that and it takes it to a different level, to a different level. So it's just this. This is what we're doing. We're planting seeds. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yep. Absolutely. You know, when someone 
goes through that process of the trivium, right? <clears throat> Gathering all the grammar, processing it, and then outputting it and creating their content for the world. That rhetoric then becomes new grammar to everyone else. So this is the phrase, um, standing on the shoulders of giants so I could see further. We're, we're building on top of each other. Um, and it's, it's a phenomenal process and that can, that can continue. That's kind of the, the evolution of, of learning and evolving, right. As a species, as we can, so we can deepen our understanding of nature and, and how things are operating and, and what's going on in the world. Um, Nathan Crabtree has a question. He said, said, uh, are any efforts being made to organize alternative communities not based on slavery? Maybe new breakaway societies and anarchist uh, city in America would be really helpful. If so, I would be, if so, I would be there. Well, you know, my only thing is I, I call them a shitty. I actually personally don't think um, shitties are a good idea. I think shitties are a creation of the slave masters, and I think that, you know, a better way to live is with a little more distance. One thing I've noticed is I grew up in the shitty, and <laughs> end of the shitty, and it was a bad neighborhood, and people didn't like each other very much. You know, there's the red rags and the blue rags, and um, your next door neighbors are within a stone's throw, and yet they don't talk to one another. And then I moved out to western Pennsylvania in the middle of nowhere. And every person I drove by waved. How you doing? He stopped at the gas station. Hey, how you doing? You're new around here. You know, having a real conversation with a real human being. So I would just say um, it's going to have to happen person to person in smaller groups and smaller tight-knit communities. And that's a lot of what my presentation is about, how we go about that process of doing this, um, starting this new type of organization we need to that needs to happen between people where we're not relying on outside things like government to control us. And that's going to require connections on a small scale and local. And I think one way to do that is what we're doing. Like we've been talking about networking and building trust with people through communication and words. And then the action starts to happen. But I'll hand it off to um, how about you, Brandon? You got something to say on that? um yeah um mind you i just got out of the city area um which is a, a good thing but let's not forget that these are where the minds are that we should be trying to reach so it's like yes there is some good as far as trying to get out and you know trying to build our own communities but we're still going to have to be connected to these people and these individuals because they are the ones who are steering us all you know down this this slave you know tyranny system so we still have to have some form of connection or still have to have some form of outreach or outlet to try to keep this information flowing into these highly populated areas so um i know we all kind of want to get away from it but um at the end of the day we still have to you know still be connected with these you know, individuals sadly you know so it's not really trying to run away from the problem it's 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 trying to plant more seeds and you know doing what we can while still trying to build uh, you know alongside our communities in whatever way shape and form we can so it so it's like a twofold process it's not just trying mm -hmm. to run away it's it's doing what we can um you know to try to reach these highly you know, ignorant areas and we can still build 
our communities as well, you know, based on these principles, because whatever we build has to be based on principles and the people have to understand these, you know, health philosophical foundations of natural law and objective morality. Yeah. Like the matrix, they had to like drive up, you know, and pump some truth into the matrix. Everyone, someone's got to do it. It's got to happen. You know? ahead, I was just reminded of um, Stefan Verstappen, who has some really good work on uh, community building. And he's studied, you know, the cycles of history and really gone deep into the types of communities that have survived, you know, all these different types that have failed and then those that have survived. And, you know, he's looked at um, um, decentralized versus centralized communities, you know, like communes and things. And he's really promoting more of a decentralized um, community where you're not as vulnerable and you you may have your separate dwellings, um, you know, in a community, in a, in a, within a certain range of a radius, and then you develop um, ways to work together to strengthen each other. Right, yeah. And, yeah, you know, and then you may have other connections and networking if you need to leave your area, you know, and where you would go. So I think that the networking we're doing with like something like funnel is really part of helping to create an anarchic community and it's more of a decentralized community and it is developing a power that um we're looking for you know for protection and influence were you to say something rick oh i was i'm just thinking i just really agree about community i for most of my life i lived in the shitty i love that that term <laughs> and uh really didn't have much communication with the people around me i was living in an apartment building and it's amazing how i didn't now i'm thinking back i really didn't know anybody like well like it was kind of strange i'm just thinking about it sorry and uh a few years ago we moved to like a at least here in canada we call them a township i'm not sure if that's what it's called we're in the u.s but we're kind of more rural where we moved to our house and in the last few years, I've been really reaching out to my people in my community, like my neighbors and getting, it's really amazing to me how people live so close together, but you'll meet, you'll find people don't know their neighbors. They don't know anything about the community they live in. So in the last couple of years, I've been really reaching out and getting to know the people around me and starting to try to build that community. And I, if you watch my presentation, I was talking about gardening. And the one way that I've been doing that is I have, for some reason, I'm actually getting good at it, and I have so many uh, vegetables in that. So what I've been doing is, uh, what I have extra of, I'll go to my neighbors and people around in the community, and I'll kind of give the vegetables that I have extras of and start a conversation and start to get to know each other so we can start building a community. I just think that with the way technology is and social media, we're really losing the ability to connect in person to people. So I just think it's really important that people start getting involved in your community and planting the seeds and getting to know people and and on a you know in person yeah planting the seeds both metaphorically and physically <laughs> exactly yeah and it's a great when i meet people and i bring over some vegetables and then we get talking about gardening and then i can lead to other things and bring up the things that we're talking about and it's and you're doing it in person and you're building your community i i think that's so important we've lost that along the way we've lost that yeah, and why not tie into survival and nature groups, you know? Yep. Yeah, I think, um, you know, building 
communities. First of all, there's no there's no exiting the matrix, in my opinion. You, we can't go start a community and have it evolve and grow really big without the violation coming. It's only a matter of time, right? You have this slave system and these psychopaths that are claiming the earth. They're claiming everything, the land, the water, and all that. So there's no, in my opinion, there's no running away from it and creating a bubble and 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 just you know living out there. At one point, I did think like that. I'm like, I want a yurt. I want to go up in the mountains. You know, fuck all this other shit. That's what I thought. And I realized that that was extremely naive and non-realistic. Um, I'm all for community building, <clears throat> but I'm not living in a yurt because... I do want to create content and I do want to reach as many minds as possible. And I need internet. I need, I need all these things to do that. Um, and that's my path and my moral obligation. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. The more that we, um, are that community that helps each other or barters, like I could be doing something and then they could be giving back in another way. I mean, I just love that type of, um, you know, community. I mean, that's just Agorism. how it should be and that's how it could be. But um, as long as we are relying on the system, that's not going to happen. So we have to stand up to it and do these different steps to get, you know, closer to that community and get to those grassroots again and, you know, find our way back because we got lost. <laughs> Yeah. And what you're saying is, um, you know, that trade, that that exchange of things that actually protects freedom, because if you think about it historically, um, anytime people trade with one another, there's a good reason not to want to attack those people because they have goods you need and you want to be able to tr trade your goods with them. So um, that's you know, I think both things are true. And I totally agree. We got to keep doing the speaking but on the other hand things are changing quickly around us and we do need to start making preparations for the probability of things getting um gradually worse because right. you know morality is not improving in the way it needs to as quickly you know as optimistic as i want to be we got to be real with the situation too and so i think it is important also to be forming connections and um you know finding ways to protect that energy exchange and to be able to get our goods so we can keep speaking on these things you know how are we going to do it if we don't have food to eat and we're getting chased off you know so there's yeah. a balance to everything i guess definitely it's good to be to be a conscious co-creator right be conscious on where you spend your money and why who can you interact with for for goods and services there are a lot like I have I'm part of a couple telegram groups that in my local area and they're all freedom minded. So if I need, uh, you know, a fence to be built and I need some help, I'll go to that group first. Try to keep it all in uh, in these these communities. Right. It's a very uh, agoric like agora, agora market. Um, and I think that is important to do for sure, to um, to not be dependent on government institutions or organizations that that support slavery yeah. all right well yeah, i think a uh, long day huh <laughs> <laughs> i almost saw that side coming right there i know you've been working hard today well that, it's been a long day it's been great right now i don't know about your butt but that chair's hurting <laughs> oh yeah 
Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but it's been fantastic. I, I loved it. I thought today was a, a huge success and I, I'm thankful and grateful to all the viewers and I hope everyone enjoyed it. Let's see. It's yep. 11 hours and almost 15 minutes. Um, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. So just real quick, let's do some, um, little housekeeping tomorrow, same time, 8 30 AM Pacific. That's 11 30 uh, AM Eastern. And that's when the pre-show will start 30 minutes later. We'll jump off the funnel conference. We have Dana Martin, Doreen Greens, Sethicus Boza, John Rowland, Third Eye Foresight, Mike Mattingly, uh, Patricia Logger, Chris Jansen, myself, Will Keller, and Mark Passio. So it's going to be another kick-ass day. Um, any final thoughts from, from you guys? And again, all the, the presenters today, you guys did a fantastic job. So I, I thank you all. Thank you. It was fun. Thank you, I was, Thank you. It's really, ins it just pumped up and inspired and felt really good about today. So, yeah, I want to thank incredible. you guys that are here yeah. um, for making this possible and, and the people that commented and showed up and um, helped be part of the community. I really appreciate that too. Yeah. Thank you to everybody. Um, it's thank, been you. A, thank you yep. for putting on this conference. Come on. Yeah. It's awesome. Exactly. Thank, thank you. you so yeah. much. Yes. Phenomenal job. Our pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Rick, do you have anything, final statements or Brandon? I just want to thank everybody for being here and for you, Will, uh, reaching out and letting me have the opportunity to do my presentation, my first one. And uh, just thank you for every all the encouragement that everybody's been giving me and the guidance. And uh, amazing. Thank you so much. Yes. Um, thank you, Will. Thank you, Chris. And thank you to all of the ones who joined us in the chat, been, you know, hanging out all day, who supported us, sent out links, stuff like that. It's been a very humbling experience. Um, and I just want to say that it could be anyone up here who's watching this, you know, who knows the next online conference. It could be you up here because that's what it is all about is 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 about action and and trying to spread this message. So I want to thank everyone. And I enjoyed today and going to enjoy tomorrow because tomorrow's lineup is is even fantastic so For sure i want to give a shout out to nelson and aaron uh the producers on the one great work network that uh, hung around all day and uh and did the switching <clears throat> to the network so appreciate you both uh chris leslie you guys want to take us out i'm tired it's been a great day i'll talk to you later. You know, Will, you just deserve an extra shout out, you know, for your how solid you are and, and how well you've planned and organized, you know, this this technical aspect in the back. Like it couldn't happen without you, period. So yeah. like we're like, yeah. Thank you. Will. I'm honored. I'm I'm honored. Thank you so much. It, it's great. It's a great learning experience. And and I look at life just building so funnel. After Funnel 2, Funnel 3 is going to be bigger and better, hopefully. So um, thank you. Thank you for that, Leslie. Yeah. All right. Cool. Everybody sleep well. Yeah. See you tomorrow. <laughs> see you tomorrow. Bye -bye. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Right. Bye -bye. Good night. Good night.
freedom. The state of unrestricted free will expression. No masters and no slaves. There comes a time when knowledge is not enough, when action is required. Knowledge is potential, the potential to create freedom for all. This is our creation. Funnel 2 Convergence is a free two-day online conference featuring presenters from a wide spectrum of creative expression united for freedom and focused on action. Join the Convergence September 10th and 11th, 2022 at freedomundernaturallaw.com. The time is now.